0: Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a licensed minister and practitioner of metaphysics, as well as an author, transformational speaker, conscious media producer, and angelic mysteries expert who specializes in soul empowerment and living light alchemy. As an angelic scientist, she shares the wisdom she receives directly from source as presented through the collective frequencies of light intelligence she calls the angelic light streams. She began her journey of awakening through the guidance of this entourage of archangelic light. Today, she refers to herself as a channel of living light or a light stream. She defines angels as living light. She hosts a podcast on spiritual empowerment called Angels in the Buff with advice from the angel angle on countless topics. Welcome to the show, Reverend Stephanie Lodge.
1: Ooh, thanks, Matt. I'm happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm happy you're here too. So just the audience won't be aware of this, but I mm-hmm. had um, the the um, already the privilege to look through your bio and mm-hmm. I left out um, Hug Angel, which I love. I want to talk <laughs> about that, but there's yeah. so much stuff in there. I'm yeah. Like, oh my goodness. So- where do we begin? Um, do you want to give us like a little I bit can, of an idea of, of yeah, how you I can
1: handle it? <laughs> okay, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can help me <laughs> summarize all that. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. I, I kind of say when we come into our awakened angel within, we kind of become multifaceted because what I work with is something called the diamond heart. And so the diamond, think of a diamond as multifaceted. So oftentimes what will happen is we embark into other different playgrounds outside of our main you know, our main one, if I'm working with angels is my main one, then I have the hug angel is my philanthropy. I have Zenpire Media as more of my uh, media advisement group. So there's a lot of facets to me, which I find is pretty common for those who work with angels or angelic science, as I call it. Um, and I'll speak to that first. I think that's kind of a good baseline for you to, for you and the audience to fully embrace in the sense of understanding. For me, uh, angels are essentially angles of consciousness. So if you think of God, source, love, life as always coming into form in some capacity, then there's different designs to that. There's different frequencies to that. There's light and sound and electromagnetic field energy to that. So there's a lot going on that we want to try to understand through things like quantum physics and and other forms of science that is very much about the mental you know, and, and understanding. But there's another side to it that I feel is more about the field of feeling and the energy of consciousness that dwells within us. And so that's essentially what I focus on with people is teaching them how to embrace the angel within that aspect of them that is here to serve um, through their living lens of experience, whatever that is for them, and bring their gifts and their creativity and their angle of source or God into the world. And So I teach people how to feel comfortable with that, how to step out fully into who they are without apology and really leave a legacy of light. You know, what do they want to leave in the world is their personal signature, their frequency of of love and consciousness that's always coming into form. So to me, it's really less about the angels as um, consciousness of religion, let's say, or putting it into hierarchies or compartments, if you will. Sure, there's a fun, warm, and fuzzy to that, you know, and so I don't take that away from people because if they are really an Archangel Michael or any of those angels that we're used to, I don't take that away. But what I do is I ask them to step further into an understanding of not only can you potentially connect to a being that has been created, known as Archangel Michael, through the collective consciousness of intention. But you can also embody Archangel Michael Frequency, or what I call the sapphire light. And that makes us feel safe, protected within. So it's a different kind of approach, I think, to angels um, than most people take. Some people possibly do. But I do believe that I was um, probably one of the first that ventured out into the angelic science realm that I know uh, to really get us to understand we're all living angels, essentially. And we just have the potential to become more of that or not. And that's really the, the idea of the work that I do.
0: Okay, holy crap! That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> it's just,
0: oh my God! Okay, so let me just try and process and just, some things.
1: Yeah, just to remind you, I'm already in in what I call stream. So I automatically am streaming through that consciousness right now because I've been working with these muscles for a while, so to speak. Right? We all when I say angels in the buff, my radio show. Yes, it's about stripping away the wings and halos and getting to the naked truth of you know spirit or the science of, of spirit and blending those a bit but i also say it's also like building your bu- you know your muscle so to speak the the buff angels you know as far as being able to work this way and being connected
0: Right. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> all right, so I would just, just sort of for clarifying questions, I'll yeah. start there and then I'll build on because I know I can get yeah, yeah. real outer space with this, which is going to be fun. <laughs> um, so can, you kind of did like, can you define like what angels are for you? Like, number yeah. one, do you think angels are real? Number two, yes. how do you define them? Number three, yes. what is an angelic scientist?
1: Okay, angels are real. Um, angels are thought forms or emotional forms of, of consciousness that we create. As humans, if we believe in an angel, we can create an angel. So I, I joke with some of my clients, and said, do you want an angel Bob? Create an angel Bob. You know, if you believe in Bob, Bob exists. That's the power of our creativity. That's the power of consciousness that we have at our fingertips and our mind level, right? That we're not always claiming and knowing and owning. And you know a lot of people talk about creating our reality with the consciousness that we are but angels are included in that so if you believe in angels angels exist so there's that they are forms i would say similar to an orb um people who see a lot of orbs if they photograph orbs that's usually conscious light beings that are traveling around in the in the other dimensional vibrations, if you will, that can't always be seen with a naked eye, but you can capture them sometimes with photography, right? So those you could call angels. Um, And also, I would say that as far as the actual consciousness bandwidth of frequency, the best way for me to describe this is if you were to take all source light, all consciousness, put it through a prism and you create a bandwidth of rainbow spectrums, bandwidths, right? Each bandwidth is governed by an angel. So they are a governor of frequency or an ownership. There's an ownership of that frequency. So when people talk about archangels, they're arcing over about eight bandwidths of frequency. And these frequencies are just intelligence of intention. Um, I call them the angelic dream keys. So you can kind of see them as like notes and chords. So music, for those of you guys out there who are into music, it's essentially sound and light are very interchangeable when we're working with these levels of consciousness. So for me, um, there's a lot of interchange happening, but to best define and best answer the question, yes, angels are real. You're an angel in human form. You're just in human suit, but you're in light being in a human form. And that lightness of being that you are is what I would call your angel. So there's that. What was your second question? <laughs>
0: Um, oh, yeah. What's an angelic scientist? So I, I'm just processing all this. I'm like, well, I got to write this down.
1: Angelic scientist essentially is somebody who's not afraid to blend science with spirit and who is working at it from what I call these angel angles, meaning um, bringing in fractals or specific frequencies of consciousness and understanding that there are countless streams you know floating around us all the time flowing to us and we're capturing and tuning into them or we're not so you can kind of see us as living light like living um satellite dishes you know and you're either tuning into that light stream or you're not you're either connected and firewired in or you're not and so when you see a lot of people kind of going through life really miserable and unhappy, it's usually because they're not connecting to that light. They're not connecting literally to the lightness of being that they are. And so people who suffer from depression and other, you know, more lower vibrational frequencies, you know, things that kind of anchored them into a more mental body and mental traps. And then that seeps into the rest of the suit, so to speak, the rest of the vehicle or the, or the body and, and the mental emotional um, combined. Those people tend to be very disconnected usually to something of a spiritual nature they don't have a spiritual practice as a rule they don't necessarily believe in God or source at all around them um, and or they are carrying a lot of energy in their system and they're not wringing it out so there's there's different ways that happens, but what I'm saying is there is a living light that's around us all the time, and it's our I guess responsibility at some point to wake up and go, okay, acknowledge it and maybe start to you know interact with it and see what happens. So angelic science is really the, the act of experimentation that I would say is a spiritual and scientific journey is the best definition I can explain. So I just feel that our awakening is always an exp- a series of experiments and seeing what works and what doesn't for us individually. There awesome. was a third question, I can't remember now.
0: <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think you answered it. I think it was, um, yeah, what's a spiritual scientist?
1: Okay. Um, angelic so I think, yeah. yeah
0: angelic yeah angelic scientists mm-hmm. okay cool well the way that i'm already understanding this and i like how you're phrasing it's kind of like working with the unknown realm asking for help in the way that you you know if you want an angel bob get an angel bob but there mm-hmm. is like the arch archangel <laughs> michael that is you know through history you have certain ones mm-hmm. that we can identify with through different religions uh, right. um um, that uh, you know, have different skill sets or whatever the case is you want to you bring around. But the idea uh, that I find interesting is asking for help. So I spent summer with a Native American elder um, who's he's, uh, the Sajan. So he's a spiritual teacher for you – know, they know who he is, and he's like the, the Native version of the Dalai Lama. Oh, there's the dogs. Um, and so one of the main things he said yeah. is like when people ask him how to work for spirit, he's like you need to ask. He's just like there is a force mm-hmm. there. Um, but you need to ask, and I think that a lot of time people aren't participating, um, for different reasons. And so you're, you're, you're inviting the participation and angels are, you know, in every, you know, religion,
1: religion, everything. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because it's essentially the archetype or, or the symbol for messenger, right? It's a symbol of you've got mail, (laughs) Are you opening the mail or are you not? You know, and, I, and I try to bring it into um, a playful science tech kind of languaging just because we're modernizing this concept. I think if we always go back to history, Um, we kind of bring it and anchor it into our current conscious levels and therefore we carry it forth and we keep creating the same stories to me it's it's kind of more fun to create something new and pioneer a new concept of something and reinvent something than to continuously just keep the neural pathways with the same information over and over again right and so for me it's not making religion bad or even our understanding of angels from the past bad but there's about 1500 or so angels you know supposedly if you go really deep down the rabbit hole of the mystery teachings of angels and angelology that i find very complicated and i just don't think it's that complicated you know when i've connected into source and when i when i tune in and ask the questions as you're saying honestly the answer i get is it's just not that complicated you guys want to complicate it so much because you're still putting your linear mind around a quantum universe that can't be defined and never will be so you can either stop trying and just enjoy your life, or you can keep trying and you're going to create different frameworks of how to try to understand it. But there is no one way to understand it. My way is just, I think kind of a fun way. <laughs> there's a lot of ways to approach it. You know what I mean? You can go the Vedic tradition, you can go the Judaic tradition. Um, I would say some of mine is based in Kabbalah in the sense of the 72 names or the 72 angels of the Kabbalah, but I reapproach it in a different way. So again it's not about a judgment of anything it's just a sense of i just give a different different avenue as a sense to become more awakened into who we truly are and and get more connected to that invisible spectrum that you were speaking to
0: right i like that well that's good apparently Mm -hmm. there's no no fun allowed here you can't (laughs) (laughs) this is like very rigid this is the idea right yeah (laughs) And I think that's a really good approach to do like this playful attitude, but also you're touching on the idea that like there's, it's unknowable, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the, that realm, that idea, you could say God, you could say nature, you could say like, I don't know, higher intelligence. Sometimes you go into a state that's unknowable and you know, for sure, like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is where, um, I've been listening a lot to, um, David Hawkins recently. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he talks about his experiences and, and, and the intellect and so it's a new yeah. way for me to frame like not ego but intellect we're trying to think yeah. you know we figure out photosynthesis and we have that idea but still the magic of photosynthesis is beyond you know what are we really going to comprehend you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. how do we connect to that that source that greater power and we we all have that within it's breathing us when you go to sleep you don't just stop breathing you know your heart doesn't just stop all that magic that's happening in your body yeah. keeps going from something some sort of pulse or life force or intention mm-hmm. um so all of that is a really um beautiful way to frame it and i guess i wanted to ask you a little bit more because you touched on kabbalah to me is interesting the seventy seventy two mm-hmm. 72 names of god i've never heard of mm-hmm. 72 angels before um do you want to yeah.
1: that, like briefly absolutely so um The 72 names of God, you know, are essentially what I look at as they're different, those notes I spoke of earlier, like if you think of us as harps, like an instrument, you're tuning each and every string individually. And so there's different ways of approaching this. So there's the the Hebrew, of course, um, names of God that are given, and that's coded out through the Torah. Um, The 72 angels I kind of look at as more of, there there are Hebrew letters to them as well, but they are, there's a meaning and a definition to each and every one. So it's a little bit deeper understanding of of those words, essentially. So uh, Mikael, as an example, is one of them, right? And Mikael does correspond, interestingly, to safety protection to some degree. And so With that, that's where you get Archangel Michael from. So everything, when you go back, you know, angels have been around a long time. As we've mentioned, all these different systems have had concepts of angels and Zoroastrianism, and, you know, the Vedic traditions and Buddhist traditions. All of them have winged beings of some kind. Sometimes they call them divas, you know, but it's all the same. There's basically the idea that there's an enlightened being. There's a lighter version of, of a being, right, that exists and that it has information and that it might present or represent certain intelligence. So, when you look at, you know, again, Hinduism, you have, you know, all these gods and goddesses, right? They're all representing essentially angles of who we are, they're representing an aspect of who we are as consciousness. And so the living animator that we might call God or source or goddess or or whatever you want to call it, again, doesn't matter as long as you know what you're labeling it as and recognizing and knowing your intention behind it is what's important. When you call that into your, your system and you ask that energy to come in, I call it the diamond light sometimes. I just ask the diamond light to pour into my system. So I'm working with the frequency at the purest, most immaculate levels of of living light, as I call it. And when that starts to come in, it starts to inform or supplement my system with certain frequencies of energy and intelligence. And those are what I call these angels or angles. And so these 72 angels or angles are those keys of intelligence that go in and unlock certain blocks in the system. When you mantra with them, you can work with them in such a way that you literally... Um, are adding that value into the system. So if you're deficient, it's supplementing you, right? Or you could see it as a virtue that you're bringing into yourself. If you don't have a lot of... um, feeling of safety protection, if you, if you tend to be an anxious person, then you could mantra with Mikael, right, in the mind or out loud, and bring that frequency. And you're essentially asking that frequency to come into your system. So just as you would ask a question of source and say, okay, how do I do this or help me figure this out? You can also just simply embody God or source or the living animator by inviting these frequencies into your system and working with them. And so that's what I've been doing for over 12 years is I call them the angelic dream keys. I'm writing a book on this because they're literally unlocking certain codes, these angels. And instead of calling them just the 72 names, I'm, I'm calling them dream keys because to me, they're really living and breathing through us in such a way where we're almost dreaming ourselves awake into a new reality we're dreaming awake a new reality of who we want to be and who we are as humanity now this is kind of the mission that's been presented to us as we're as we're stepping further into this um, unfoldment of the earth right and so for me i teach this from a place of working with them as instruments of living light that come in, supplementing the body, working with the frequencies. And as you keep doing this, you build those, those muscles I spoke of. You know, you're building a different level of who you are and being able to connect yourself to that source.
0: Okay, holy crap! There's a lot there too. Um, <laughs> well,
1: I know. not you know that's that's a challenge. Is like when I'm working with my counts. I work, by the way, just so everybody's clear. I work with twelve band. I work with the twelve bandwidths, and so when I'm working with those twelve bandwidths, it's like they weave together and they're just funneling through the light stream. So, again, it's just like, it's like, what do you call that? <laughs> It's like your mouth just goes and you're just like on for the ride, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <they're-> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's it's really good, and and I think that the underlying theme for me is like working with a higher power, a higher intelligence, or or something. And I just had a a, a show with the guys from Focus Life Force Energy, uh, Clayton mm-hmm. and Jeff, and. Um, they used like the Dawkins um, conscious kinesiology to find a true statement. So I thought a good question was, um, what's the truest statement you can say about God and, and have it register like a thousand? And he's like, well, God is everything. And he just was able to list off like a few. And I was like, oh, wow, that, that, those all resonate with me. And so I was trying to figure out, I was like, OK, how do we work with that? Like, what's this? Um, I can't remember exactly the question I asked, but his answer was, well, one time I was going down a mountain um, and my brakes locked up and I started to spin you know? And I just said, God, please help. And Mm -hmm. I was like, that's so brilliant. And like, how, how like often do we just go in our cycle and miss that? Right. And I think Mm -hmm. like if you found God in a religious way, um, through Christianity or, or whatever religion and you connect to that force, amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also, um, a a large group of people who were in that way and didn't resonate exactly with the style of, you know, Mm -hmm the religion that they were born into or whatever the case is. So then they disregarded God completely. Um, mm-hmm. Right. And then they're like, you know what? There's no force. There's no thing that's growing the trees. There's no thing that's connecting yeah. all life. There's no, whatever the case is. Um, so they stop connecting to that idea. And mm-hmm. then when you just kind of mention that, like, you know, if you just bring it into your life as like a cycle, like God, please help me with this God with that, blah, blah, blah. And now you're mm-hmm. speaking it out loud and it goes, hand in hand with what the, you know, the spiritual leader of the Mi'kmaq will say is like, you need to speak it out loud and connect to this force. If you want it to help, that's part of your spiritual free will here. If you want to like suffer it out on your own, you can. It's totally fine. If you want to connect to the force that's willing to help you, you also can. They're here to help you.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, for me, I'll just give you a little bit of my background before this angel stuff started. Um, I worked in entertainment. I worked in tech. I was selling private jets. I mean, I worked in a lot of areas that were very mainstream and ego, <laughs> very ego enhanced, right. Or narcissistic in many ways. Selling too. jets. Yeah. Right. Cool. <laughs> and, and, and working in that field, you know, really gave me a good understanding of, of the ego, you know, because the ego is really what we are trying to, as, as humans, you know, kind of put in a um, a timeout sometimes, you know, because it can come in and want to control the show. And our job essentially in self-realization, and self-actualization is to come into a place where the ego is no longer running us. And, and it's, you know, it can be a daily thing for some people, right? It can be minute by minute for some people, but the ego is there to be Um, assisting us to keep us safe you know it's not about getting rid of it it's not about making it the enemy a lot of people want to just like conquer the ego you know there's a big joke Jim Carrey made about that and to me it's about integration it's also about bringing down the inflammation as Matt Connell's talk about ego he says it gets inflamed which I think is a really good way of putting it and so for me working with the dream keys and having this understanding of your life is an experiment you know it's an experience of experiments in many ways when it comes to the spiritual aspects because to get to the frequency of faith is one of the most powerful things we can get to the i know presence of who we are everybody talks about the i am but it's the i know of the heart that knows with with complete conviction without any questionable you know wiggle room it just knows when we get to that not that cognizance then we are walking fully in faith in the frequency of faith and we know our life's unfolding perfectly we don't have doubts we don't worry we don't have these fears and things that come in as much right i mean of course there's going to be those moments but you know what i'm saying like on a regular consistent basis we tend to live more confidently and so to me as a mentor, or an empowerment coach, my job is to help people get to that confidence. And I find that working with these actual frequencies of source and feeling them and experimenting with them. And when I came out of, like I said, the ego world, I was activated and I didn't have an awakening that was suddenly I got struck by lightning or had a near-death experience and, or anything jolting like that. It was very subtle. It was a woman saying, there's three angels here in the room with you. Well, what <laughs> i didn't know what angels were you know and it was very bizarre in, in the sense that my mother was catholic turned buddhist and eventually New thought and my father was jewish and i was kind of like not really anything i didn't have a religion that i was tied to really deeply but i was exposed to all these religions i think for a reason so that i could be very open-minded to all belief and be very diplomatic about it you know when people have their beliefs and hold tight to them that's fine But to me, that's where the angels are a bridge. They kind of weave through all those traditions. And so I wanted to get everybody to a place of commonality. Because I think until we can get to a place of commonality, we keep believing these these forces that separate us. You know, our mind says, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Christian. I'm a Jew. You know, like whatever that is, you know, whatever that label is, we put ourselves in these boxes, but we're just dicing up everything into separation. And I think really the cohesiveness is what's going to get us to a place where we have peace in the world when we get to a common common denominator. And I find that common denominator is the light, is the actual living light that I call the angels, you know, for, for the laymen, so to speak. But really, it's a living light stream that is constantly flowing through us and broadcasting through us. And when we get to that place of commonality and we look at someone, and if you turn off the lights and you're in a room with someone and you're talking to them, and you're not able to see what color the skin is. Or, I mean, obviously, genders, you can kind of tell. But you know what I'm I'm making the point that when you get rid of the light and you put us in the dark, you know, and we just are here to survive with each other, you just can come to the understanding that we're really all the same at the levels of energy. And especially if you can see energy, that's when it really gets exciting. Because then you're seeing auras and you actually see energy that people give off. Then you understand we're all energetic. So if we can get to the commonality of energetics, it's kind of, in my front philosophy i think that the purest most loving place we can be you know our, our pure innocence of our childhood nature is really that energy before we get programmed with all these beliefs of separation um Yep. I went off on a tangent, of course, because that's what happens. No, but. it's great.
0: I love, <laughs> no, great. I love all that. It's, it's true. I love this this picture. Um, it reminds me of this picture that I've seen a few times where it's just like um, these two parents holding kids and it's uh, you know one black baby, one white baby, and they're holding mm-hmm. hands because they're kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and it doesn't matter. You could put every religious faith, everything in the world in the polar opposite. And you put a group of kids together, it's just going to be kids. And yeah. something happens along the line of like, yeah, growing up in cultural beliefs and, um, you know, different beliefs of different religions, um, all these different things. Then, you know, we separate. And um, I think I, I've been on a um, Richard Hawkins binge, or so David Hawkins binge l- l- lately listening to the way he put it. And he's like, it's simple. He's just like, just because you like vanilla doesn't mean you have to hate chocolate. You know, he's like, here you go. Problem solved. Just, just do the thing that you do. Just don't, you don't need to kill the other person doing that thing. That's it. You know what I mean? Just kind of just, you know, let that, let that idea go and connect in in your way and just allow other people to be. And because the thing is too, you know, then you're getting into lower energies anyway, and who cares what they're doing or what they're thinking? You know what I mean? If you're spending, you know, 90% of your time hating on everybody else, you don't have 90% of the time building the life that you want to design, build and create can't Mm -hmm. live you know i'm trying to put somebody down is in a high vibrational state it's taking your time and energy so what could you create and you could use that equally for creation and it's not going to make them do any more or any less than what they're doing but you know if it is a spiritual thing that you're concerned with connection with god how you live your life all that kind of stuff why not be the embodiment you know Mm -hmm. so if you're a christian be the best Christian you could be if you're a Muslim be yeah. the best Muslim you could be with and I'm sure and all of them it's allowing someone else to be that thing and connect yeah. to God, spirit angels in your own way how mm-hmm. you like to do it um, and that's going to be an empowering thing because the only thing you are going to know is how what you're experiencing you're going to know if you hate that person how you feel if you slash somebody's tires, how you feel. If you, you know, make somebody feel bad, how you feel. If you are lifting people up and then you're showing, oh, this is the example. That's all the avatars did. They show us a beautiful example. Like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the living it on a daily practice, it, it can be challenging. And so what I wanted to ask, because you touched on something I think that was really great, is, you know, getting people to, you know, live in faith and knowing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's hard. Um, that that can be hard, and um, I'm just curious if you can and talk a little bit about how do we get how do we get to that place um, of or, or even some practices because I think a lot of people are in stress, anxiety, depression and it's hard to imagine this when you're when you're at that frequency and that channel it's really hard to you know be like i don't know what are you guys talking about angels i've never seen an angel i've never seen right. energy and you don't need to it's like right. a feeling it'd be great if you did i've had some weird stuff happen it was great but for me they're blips and they were cool mm-hmm. but really the the knowing for me is in my body i'm like ooh this mm-hmm. feels good this feels aligned mm-hmm. I, this mm-hmm. is great you know i you kind of know and i think we all know
1: So I'll speak to it from a a few different ways, um, as usual, uh, because I have, again, the counsels that are going to guide me. Um, So the first way to look at it is, again, like I mentioned, we're going through these experiments as we go through this. So when I came into my awakening, um, it was a gradual process. It took me about three years to even acknowledge that I had angels talking to me because this woman, like I said, said, there's angels in the room. They want you to know you're one of their girls and they're going to be working with you in the media. And I thought she was little off, you know, cause at that point I didn't see that. Right. And, um, the next thing I know within the next couple of years, you know, over time I was stopped by angels. It's the only way to put it. It was almost like I wanted to let it go. And it was not going to be like, it was not letting go. It was definitely books flying off shelves on angels. People telling me they saw angels around me. Other people talking to me about angels all the time. Angels everywhere I went, books I'd read something about angels. And Enoch was one of the keywords that got me got my attention because Enoch kept coming in and it was Metatron is another name for Enoch in the angelic form and so I started to dive down rabbit holes is the best way to describe it. I started Googling everything. I'd start getting hits, you know, just random things would come into my head. I'm like, what's that? And I'd go Google it. And the next thing I know, I'm finding myself with the angels again. I'm like, what is going on? And so I was a skeptic like everybody. It's not like I came to this like full faith and like every, you know, yeah, I'm going to just start working with angels. No, <laughs> that was not how it started. It took me a while and it took me, From 2006 until 2013, for me to come out of the spiritual closet and even claim that I that I'm connected to angels in any shape or form, and as soon as I said yes, Matt, this is what was so interesting. Within a month and a half, I had first season of Angels in the Buff launched. I wrote a book, which was not on angels, but it was a channeled poetry that I didn't realize I was training to be a light stream for years as as a young girl. You know, from teens on, you know, writing this poetry just streaming it out. And I didn't know how it came, but it just came out that way. And so I published that. And then I got asked to do a panel at Conscious Life Expo, but not only that, to produce the panel with nine other experts from around the world, including Charles Virtue, who was Doreen Virtue's son. And Doreen was really the biggest thing going in the angel world at the time. She's now worked, she's now kind of moved into and segued into more going back to Jesus and and getting more religious about it. But what's interesting is at the time, within a month and a half, all these things happen. And I can only say it was powered by angels, right? Because it was a lot. It was a lot to do and get done in a month and a half, right? And so as soon as I said yes, it was like this flood of energy came through to support all these things. And I went, okay, that's weird. So what I'm saying is it took time. And what I would say for people, the biggest challenge people have in coming into this knowing is patience. They're extremely impatient. Impatient. This is why you have everybody going on ayahuasca journeys all the time and trying to see God and doing all these medicine journeys, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I kind of say I kind of equate that as to get getting the cheat codes to the game, but you skip the game. And in, st- in skipping the game, you missed all the beauty and the journey of getting into the true authentic knowing, not the artificial version. And so this is where we have to start to take a step back, and think, a little bit and start to realize spirituality is a lifetime journey. It's not just a weekend warrior, let's go to church on Sundays, and then the rest of the week we can be whatever we want to be and hope for the best. You know, it's it's a daily lifestyle or what I call a light style where we're connected and tuning in and meditating and and really working this energy of who we are just like we do our body at the gym if we go to the gym or just like we put on makeup or brush our teeth or do anything you know if we have these habits there should be something connecting us to our spiritual intelligence not just our mental and not just our physical right Um, so this is this is kind of what I feel is happening now where people are really getting impatient because their frequencies are going up we have a lot of x flare solar flares coming into the planet we have a lot of things hitting us frequency wise that people don't really think about you know so this is where my scientist comes in (laughs) so we have a lot of light coming into the planet literally from the sun a lot of solar energy we also have solar storms solar winds that pull energy so you have basically this push pull it's like getting sandwiched between waves that's happening to our planet right now well, that's, that's basically assisting us to kind of like we get off the pot, guys. Like, what are you doing? Like, are you going to level up or are you going to just sit there and stay static? And so we're getting forced and pushed. And some call that ascension symptoms. I just say we're being elevated. You know, we're in this time of the rising where we just keep rising up into a different, you know, vibration. And as we do that, if we're not tuning in and getting calibrated as we go, we're going to feel aches and pains. We're going to feel headaches. We're going to feel sleepy and exhausted sometimes for no apparent reason. We're going to have things that come in and inflame the body and just, you know, not have fun, fun time with it physically, right, to some degree, which forces us what to do? Rest and get some, you know, attention to the physical. But I tell people, you've got to pay attention to the spiritual too. You've got to feed your, your light. You know, you got a light supplement, basically, and that will assist in all these other symptoms because that's what's happening to the planet, whether people are aware of it or not. And there's a lot of people that are still sleeping that aren't, they're they're not aware of this at all. I would say, you know, for me, I'm feeling more people are getting conscious and waking up than ever before. You know, this is why you have huge festival, you know, culture now and, and all sorts of things going on to get people together, to get into their hearts, to get into that that vibration of feeling, because that's where the knowing is. We get to the knowing through the heart. Um, the heart's a torsion field. It's also electromagnetic generator. It's also a wormhole. This is where people can kind of like go into the dream time from, right? This idea of astral travel and things like that. But what people don't understand is your bloodstream flows through your heart every two minutes. Every single cell of your body is flowing through your heart within two minutes. So whatever you're supplementing into your heart, whatever you're feeling in your heart is informed throughout your entire body within two minutes. That's a powerful thing to know in itself because that means if you're in a bad mood and you want to shift into a better mood because you're in a low vibration, somebody triggered you, cut you off in traffic, whatever the practical application is, and you want to shift, you just bring some light and focus into that that heart space and you think about things that make you happy for at least two minutes, and everything in your body says, oh, okay, you're feeling better now, got it. You literally can shift through the consciousness that you are that quickly. It's just a practice. And to me, it's just about learning how to practice these things and giving them real time and not being impatient and thinking you're going to go from zero to 60, I'm fully awakened within a matter of a year. I mean, it's not realistic. I think people want to rush it. It's not realistic. And you have time. You know, everybody thinks we're going to ascend and elevate within the next two years or something. No, we're looking at 50, maybe 100 years, you know, before we really start seeing this planet come into its fullness. But I do think that there's, there's a lot we can do in the meantime, and we should, you know, in terms of our individual microverse working, right, so that the macro can start to shift faster. When we start to take accountability and responsibility for our own practice, that's when that happens we done yet? Yeah, we're done.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, you touched on a lot of really great things there. And I, one of my favorite was uh, spirituality is a lifetime journey. Um, mm-hmm. And then I can kind of add that it's like a daily decision. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then it could be a moment-to-moment decision. And yes. we're not always perfect. You know what I mean? Of any, like, super ascended master that I've met, and I feel like I've met quite a few pretty high-level people, they're mm-hmm. people. They're humans. Yeah, they're course. humans. They get stressed out, too. Of course. You know? But they don't stay in it. It's just like, okay, cool. There's, there's these things that happen, but they make a decision and they understand, you know, what can they change? Like, okay, you know, I can change my emotional state because I'm in traffic and I'm getting mad and I'm losing energy or this person called me a loser. I can change that. That's, that's something. I can change it. Now, yeah. there's other things that happen in the human experience where you might lose a loved one. You're not supposed to change that state. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're supposed to get into that. That hurts. Mm-hmm. That's part of being here. That's, that's just, you're not going to intellect your way that. What's that?
1: it's a heart opening, you know, grief yeah. is the greatest heart opener, you know, for people who can't get into the heart, they're going to have a lot of grief come in until they finally surrender and say, okay, I'm willing to get in there. Yep. That's, that's what a lot of that's about too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And so, you know, when we go about our, our daily practice and, you know, to speak on like the ayahuasca thing, I'll speak on ayahuasca and Burning Man because, mm-hmm. you know, I've done both of those things mm-hmm. and what I noticed in um, that community, what surprised me was that many people would do the experience, whether it's Burning Man or they'd have ayahuasca and it's the weekend and then that insight and it's like, hey, look, there you go. And we all know this, but it's like, it's like a two by four to the face for a second, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this, this is who you are, You know, it's, it's, it is a lifetime thing, these are the things you wanna do, give yourself a few years to do it, but when you start steering your boat in that direction, yeah. you got it, you're fulfilled and you're perfect as you are now, you don't need to change anything. And mm-hmm. as you go about your day, you can affect and, and, and control some of your emotional state. Try not to be an a-hole. And then mm-hmm. think about how you can help people through what you right. love to do.
1: Right. That's it. Yeah. Now- well, I- that's being of service, right? And, and that touches yeah. on like how to be a living angel. Like the, we think of when we call people angels, oh, they're such an angel. It's because they're in service and they're helping and they're, and they're wanting to assist people. And so there's that aspect of being an angel too, you know, that is important when we understand that it's not all about us. You know, the rise of the spiritual narcissist is one of the biggest concerns I have on the planet today because it's one of the deadliest or, or most, um, not deadliest, it's a little extreme, but I would say it's one of the most dangerous weapons we have. Because it's attacking consciousness, and you have a lot of people who are warped because they've received certain insights. I would say before they're kind of like um, overcooked. <laughs> they've received certain insights, and then they believe their own BS. They believe it in such a way that they're now God. They're now like they have the way and the spiritual righteousness and narcissism that's risen. You know, with all these people popping like popcorn and waking up, it's great. People are waking up, but there's a responsibility to it. And I would say that the humility needs to be looked at because there's a lot of people who, if they've had these connections, whether it's through eye or, or other medicines or just from their own you know, personal experiences or near death or whatever it is, there can be a trauma to that. There can be a trauma to the system that they don't know about, right? I've had a lot of people who've had near-death experiences from going on journeys and thinking they were going to die and they're like traumatized. So there's light and dark to both, you know, all of these things when we play with them. Um, And I do think that I look at it as mm, there needs to be an open container where the heart is fully balanced the feminine frequency of the male, for instance, if we just put it in gender for a minute. So let's say men right now are kind of in this place of what's going on, you know, because there's a lot of women who are pissed off. Just what it's, what's happening. (laughs) You know, the me too movement, whatever you want to look at. Right. And so men are going, where do I fit into this equation? How do I deal with this? Is is she going to be angry? Like what's going on? And, and, And there's a certain dance happening energetically and insecurity with that. And, we also have certain traditional you know ways of how men and women related to each other shifting because women are coming into certain levels of empowerment however it doesn't change the feminine frequency of what a woman represents you know as a female and i believe men are being asked to become more embodying embodying more of their feminine nature too having more feminine frequency come in and and all that means because men freak out they're like oh, i'm not going to do that it's like wait a minute You want to do that, and this is why. Because you're looking at either electro or magnetic. And electromagnetic is how the heart runs. So the electrodynamic is the action-oriented masculine. So let's just call it electric. The feminine is the magnetic. It's what holds the glue. It holds the field in. And then you release and you hold in. You release and you hold in. So there's this dance in our nature, our very nature as masculine, feminine within ourselves, that wants to come into what I call sovereign union. It wants to come into this freedom because it's unified, where there's no more polarization of of battling, you know, with our system. And that's reflected in the relationships of the male, female externally, right? So there's all of these changes happening right now, and women wanting to rise into their power, but the thing that they don't understand and what I try to remind them is it's not about being angry about it. It's not about making the male, the enemy. It's about merging. It's about integration. It's about learning to make a different conversation happen. Now where men can actually start to look at the female as an equal, because that's just been the program. The patriarchy has just been a very, you know, hardcore, hard coded program for so long on this planet it's going to take some time to unravel and undo, right? It's not instant. Again, got to be patient. But those men like yourself and others who are realizing this elevation of consciousness that's coming in can really assist by just embodying that themselves, you know, and being examples like you said, right? And um, I do find interestingly though, there are some who are really grappling with that because they think they have it all figured out. You know, and that's where we get back to the spiritual narcissists who are the gurus, right? They go out and they're like, they're going to teach everybody, you know, what to do. And I would just say um, a lot of them, if they are relying, how do I say it? If they're hooking people through fear or frustration, I'm, I'm speaking to this for a reason because somebody who's going to watch this needs to hear it. But I'm speaking to this in the place of if you are hooking people with this idea that they need you, because there's a fear or something you're going to heal them or you're going to help them or you're going to fix them, then you don't know who you are because that's not truly the nature of the Christ consciousness, if we want to speak to it that way is not about that it's about heal or heal thyself. Let me show you how to do that i'm going to give you the tools to teach you how to heal yourself and I'm not going to take the responsibility of healing you from you because that's your soul's journey and that's what you came in to do so the true teachers and I believe the true spiritual Spiritually awakened way showers, if you will, are the ones who are doing that. Who are saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not taking on your stuff. I, I can show you how to get out of your mess. I can show you how to get out of your mental loops and your traps. But I'm not here to just wham bam, throw a magic wand at it and fix it for you. That's not what we're here to do. And so I would say anything that is here or we think there's a shortcut to this is kind of the problem. Because that's. That's robbing you of the true journey of getting through these processes through your own instrument and trusting in your instrument to get you there. And that's when you start to practice and work with the entire thing and not just stick to one element of it. Um, But again, it's all perfect. You're going to get there either way. You know, everybody's getting there. It's just some people are taking these really interesting tangent side roads. (laughs) And I try to tell people, well, that's great. Go do that, and when you're ready, come back, and we'll get you over here. <laughs> you know, we'll just get you back on the path because it's not that hard. It just takes time, and and the impatience is the issue right now. It's the biggest issue.
0: You said, so, "Wow, yeah." You said a lot there. That was, yeah, all, I know. All of, all of that, I agree with it. In. And um. And I'll just frame it in different ways because I think it's really important. You know, like the rise of the spiritual narcissist. I've never heard it put that way, but I've observed it quite a bit. And, you know, it's like people, they have they have, they have, have an awakening, and it's their way. It's the only way. And you got to come to me and I'll show you the way. Well, I know that's wrong because I have the way. It's my way. I have the only way. And you can't think about anything else. Right. That's, that's, yeah. You know, it's baloney. Yeah. It doesn't, like, yeah. you can't, like that's not the idea. But the way that I equate it is that it's like, Well, first of all, it's unknowable, but second, it's like doing martial arts. So people Mm -hmm. aren't familiar with martial arts. They're not familiar with this kind of connection with um, spirit or God or whatever themselves or this awakening, or they just are perceiving life differently. So they go find Mm -hmm. martial arts. Um, So when they go into martial arts, like, oh my God, they figure out the gloves and all the stuff and they can put on the, the suit and the belt and then they go about the city. But rather than grabbing a white belt, they grab a black belt. And, you know, what I mean, it takes years mm-hmm. to yeah. earn the black belt and you don't give it to yourself. Some force gives it to you. So either yeah. a master teacher who mm-hmm. is embodying that teaching or like in you know the spiritual case, it's spirit. And, mm-hmm. and in that case, you, you don't you don't wear it. You don't you just are the thing. And it's a process over time. And I think that for people, they see their life all one way. Right. It's not even necessarily bad. They see it all one way. They have an experience, whether it's an awakening, whether it's psychedelic, whether they go to the Burning Man, whatever. Right. And then they're like, oh, my God, there's more to this. There, there is yeah. some stuff. And then you go back into your regular day-to-day, and everybody yeah. just doesn't care. They're just running their patterns. They don't want to have this conversation with you. You're the only one. So then you're like, whoa, I'm the only one. And you just – rather than – that, that's good. Just put on the white belt. And the solve for this is Humility. Because if you really got the, the yeah. idea, you realize it's unknowable. There's no chance that the intellect is going to um, figure that out. And we all within us um, have that ability. So the way I equate it is like we're in the ocean mm-hmm. and you've got the head of a a need, like a, a little tiny needle. And our consciousness is that little thing trying to figure out the entire ocean, all the oceans combined. Right. You know, and, and all of us are in there. So we're yeah. all connected to this thing. And then we just have our little individuated consciousness, um, you know, thinking about only one tiny thing at a time, like crossing mm-hmm. the street, going to yeah. find food. Do I go help this person or not? And mm-hmm. I really like the idea of, of being a living angel because um, for me, the best way that, that I think anybody without any um, training or any kind of chakra alignment or any mm-hmm. kind of yoga or any kind of religious practice can be an angel instantly Is just do three acts of kindness a day. Don't tell Mm -hmm. anybody. Go out of your way to do it. Bam. You were that person for a day. And that's what Mother Teresa was over a lifetime. She wasn't, you know what I mean? She just continuously made that choice. And I think that um, when you're looking at the spiritual thing, the last thing that I want to add on, I think is important, is that you've got the people bringing you in through fear. Right or like some sort, of, or I know the way. This is the yeah. only way. Alan Watts will talk about my guru is better than your guru. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you were the master. You've got your own way. You can figure it out. Everything you need to navigate this experience and connect with God and spirituality and angels and whatever you want is within you. You want to connect yeah. with angels, great. You want to do something else, great. You got it. Yeah. You're you. You have it. The ocean is in you. It's in all of us. The second thing is what I'm noticing a lot more of is this magic. So you've yeah. got um, magic like, you know, back in the day is like faith healers like Peter Popoff mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that got exposed because they're like, I have access to this realm in a magical way. You know, I can see your auras and I can see all this thing and I can align you through this wizard stuff. Now, if you come to me and you pay me this certain amount, I'm going to use this and I'm going to align your chakras and you're all good or whatever kind of mystical thing it is. And I am all about mystical stuff. I've seen some weird stuff, but it has to be if that person you're talking to needs to be empowering you you know, you were the healer, you know, yet, like you said, heal thyself. It has Mm -hmm. to be continued. It's like, uh, one of the greatest teachers ever, um, of recent times is Christian Murdy because Mm -hmm. he's like playing ping pong with a wall. It's just like, Hey, Christian Murdy, how do I become enlightened? He's just like, well, how do you think you become enlightened? Hey, Christian Mm -hmm. Murdy, like, should I meditate? (laughs) It's like, why do you want to meditate? Well, don't you meditate? Yeah, I meditate, but why do you want to meditate? And that's a wizard because he keeps putting it back on you. Um, but when you ask him about a question about a philosophy, he's embodying that in his own way, sharing his truth and saying, look, I didn't, I'm not special. You're special. You know, you have this, don't, don't see that. So I just want to add on all of that. So you can either, um, add to that (laughs) if you wish, or I can ask you a question.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, because, you know, this is the thing that I think for me, that's been the challenge, The biggest challenge for me is people judge what I do because they think I'm into the airy fairy unicorns and rainbows and glitter kind of version of angels that are, you know, like the magic and the mystical and all this stuff. And, and I have had extremely wild experiences, you know, through my own experiments, right? Um, I've had some really cool experiences, but to me, it's like, so what? Okay, you know, and then what? you know, that lasted for a minute and a half. And then what, you know, and, and what does it do for you? And I think, to me, it's about the practical. If spirituality can't get us to the practical application of how to live a better, higher, happier life, then what's the point of doing it? And and this is what I find really about, interesting about dogmatic belief and how people get locked into that program is, if it makes you feel bad about yourself, like, how does that work? You know what I mean? Like the whole concept of you're a sinner or something, right? I, I That's never really jived with me. And it always made me, you know, kind of wonder like, why would people even think that that's something they'd ever want to do, you know, but it's just me personally looking at it, you know, and I just, that's just for me, not, Not how I resonate, you know. Um, And I also know that a lot of people are shifting out of those or they're recalibrating their belief systems, taking what works for them, leaving what doesn't, and kind of shifting it around. You know, there's a reason we have 173 Bibles or versions of the Bible. So people have adjusted it over time to serve them, you know, because they realized it wasn't making sense anymore for whatever time frame they were in. There's been adjustments. But I do think that as we continuously evolve, everything evolves. And that should include our belief systems. And to get to the place of knowingness, you know, I'll have to say, yes, it's unknowable. You know, it's the Rumi quote of the drop in the ocean, the ocean in the drop, right? It's this idea that it's, it's, it's a vast, expansive universe. And to think that we're going to figure it all out through the mental capacity and intelligence that we have, I don't care how, who you are as a genius, It's too big for that, you know, because you're literally using a human brain and and there's limitations to some degree to that in terms of the ability to go into, you know, the strings of the quantum universe and figure out everything going on out there. I mean, it's a lot, but having said that, I do believe that through the vibrational feeling state of our heart, when we get into the heart instrument, the brain of the heart, the intelligence of the heart, you know, and heart math is doing wonders for teaching people more about the intelligence of the heart and and the power that that has. That is where you can access kind of like going through the wormhole of the heart is when you can access much more of the, of the intelligence of the universe than ever before. I think when we're trying to think our way there and understand it from this type of knowing, yes, you're right, it's not knowable. I think the knowing comes from the heart, though, that we can know. But it's a deeper mystical sense of that. It's not the surface version, right? Um, I joke with some friends, I said, you know, the new AI is angelic because the artificial intelligence is coming and there's plenty of artificial already i mean gmos you you look at our world you know there's tons of artificial already but what i mean by that is there is a level of connection that we can create and we must create you know if we really want to hold on to our our sense of humanity and the soul of who we are you know technology is going to ever increase it's constantly expanding well we are capable of doing that equally and i do believe that by staying stagnant and holding onto traditions and cultural traditions, it's fine for the cultural nature of that. But if your belief system isn't expanding, if your connection is not expanding through whatever you use, that's where my suggestion is finding a practice, whether it's meditation or whatever it is for that person, whatever works for them, but finding a practice that they go to on a daily basis and really start to connect more to that consciousness that's all around us. I mean, I think that's that's really the only way to get liberated and become sovereign beings is when we are, are free to think outside the box and not be conformed to the labels and the structures and the programs that surround us. You know, society saying you're not enough unless you buy this car. You're not enough if you don't do these, you know, wear these clothes, whatever. The things that we're, we're looking at more and more nowadays. And, um, So that's just my my feeling on the knowing is I teach something called the diamond heart, which is the knowing is the heart, literally the heart chakra. The I am being um, that sense of power, the solar sun, the central power. And then the upper heart, this angelic heart chakra is the thymus gland. It's the immune system point. It's what I call the we are. So when I know that we are, and I know that I am, like I'm an individualized point of source, but I'm also all of it right? I'm connected to all of it. That's when we step into our sovereign state. What I call our sovereign state is a neutral place that is not looking at things out of judgment. It's looking at it from the observer mind. And it's also going back into our sovereign state when we get those wobbles, because we're going to get them, we're human. But how fast can you get back to that sovereign state? How fast can you lose your shit and get back to neutrality? (laughs) And that's the practice, right? That's when you can go through life much happier and freer because you 're not getting bogged down in the mire you 're not getting taken on these roller coaster journeys of politics or whatever's going on in the world. you know I see so many beautiful light workers that are getting so caught up in the mother Gaia energy of worrying about you know the environment and all these things and I know for a fact guy got Gaia got it going on you know she has it she has it covered you know, but we don 't know that we 're a cell in her matrix you know we 're a cell in her entire organism but She's a powerful being, you know, when you tune into her. She's creating volcanoes to create zeolite, to get the radiation out of her waters. She's doing all sorts of really wonderful things herself to heal. We can help her heal, and we should, right? And we shouldn't keep polluting her and taking away her resources. That I don't agree with, you know. I don't think um, we are entitled to some of the things that we keep taking from her. But I also think that the earth will continue it's just whether we'll be on her. Right. And I love her. I love our planet and I want to see her survive in for millennia, you know, so humans can continue, but we do definitely, I would say Elon Musk is right. AI is one of the, the, the biggest threats we have too right now, because there, as long as we have a few humans on the planet that are not so bright, let's say, you know, they're not tuned in. Um, you know we're going to be have a little bit of a risk with that. So my my goal essentially is to awaken angels. My goal is to get people to really come to terms with the fact that they have a responsibility for to be spiritual beings not just physical emotional mental beings. And however they get there is fine. By me it's not, you know, that's not the issue. The issue for me is are you doing anything? <laughs> so I want to wake them up and say, "Hey, you might want to try something." And so I try to do what I can or I do what I can to assist them in in creating that lifestyle because there's so many retreats and workshops and you can go learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn but what's the practical application what are you actually doing and it's inspiring people to get that lifestyle in motion on a regular basis that is what I attempt to do through my work at least you know and Um, I created Angelic Academy for that, you know, and I created the angelhood, which is about no gender, no brotherhood, sisterhood. It's the angelhood. It's like everybody getting to that commonality for that reason. And I do think that's really what's most imperative right now is just getting people at least to start to acknowledge that there is a spiritual side to them that might be worth looking into. Um, And everybody will find that in different ways. But that's that's kind of the way I do it.
0: Awesome. You said, you said a ton of great stuff there that I absolutely agree with. And I think that the first thing is like that knowing. I want to mm-hmm. touch on that because the intellect or the ego is here to keep you alive. And it also has preferences to enjoy life. But the problem is it only can handle a tiny bit of information. I read a long time ago. I don't know if it's still correct. Like the conscious mind only holds five to seven bits of information. Mm -hmm. The unconscious mind is processing everything and you Mm -hmm. are the entire ocean spirit, God force, whatever you want. You are all of nature creation. You are powerful. So, because we need to get money to get food we're in this little bit of a survival right. loop right and so when we're making our daily choices we're doing it through our intellect and that's why we get afraid we get afraid in traffic if somebody um, cuts us off because then we might not get our be late for our job and then who knows what the mind's gonna do but it's processing all these micro fears continuously but the knowing you know what you want to do you know what your passions are you know what is right you don't need a book or a person to know what is right or wrong for you you just know that one will make you feel terrible one will make you you know feel good um you know what inspires you you know where you want to be in the world you know all this stuff but what happens is the consciousness is taken over so you're in the fear loop and the fear loop needs to make sure that you cross the street safely and Mm -hmm. so rather than getting into that deeper heart space and the heart knows it's eternal you're not going to die you could even be homeless you would be like the worst case i always draw it out for people i was like okay cool you're homeless then what you know you'd figure it out you know what yeah. I mean? You figure it out. You're intelligent. You're powerful. You would learn something. But we're afraid to get that, um, you know, we're, we're basically afraid. And so when you start to move towards and take action towards that voice, which you know you have and you can hear, and it's only yours, mm-hmm. start listening to that and just start doing a little bit. And even if you're running right now, which I think many people are, I'd say 95 percent conscious fear-based the cycle this is my life this is my security this i'm stacking up um, acorns because just in case something happens i got as many acorns and this is how many acorns i need Um, and then when i get to this amount of acorns at this age i'm going to go over here to the thing that i know i want to do and it makes me fulfilled Um, even if you go from 95 percent Um, And 5% to like 80%, 20%. So if you Mm -hmm. like art, right, you've never done art in years, just start to go to an art class once a week, start to move the energy there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's that knowing and you can know it, you know it for yourself. And there's also a leap of faith because it is the unknown. The heart can, you know, connect to all life and nature and infinity. And it's like, yo, you got to go through like these eight steps, Right, your mind can only figure out the one. Make sure that you look both ways when you cross the street and you drive safely as you go to the art class, which is then going to connect you to this person, which is going to connect you to that person. Um, And then the second part of this is, you know, kind of what you're speaking on is connecting to a higher power, connecting to an angel, connecting to some help. And every religious practice, every spiritual practice is like, write it down. That's magic. Ask for help. That's magic. And when you start doing these things, um, you're going to get a different result from the environment. You know, basically physics one-on-one is just like do something. Um, the environment gives you feedback and then you can take that information and you can now make a new choice and then do another thing and get feedback from the environment. So if the feedback you're getting is not feeling good, um, you know, then you can start to try these different things, but that's when you're going to kind of feel spirit. And I think that the last thing that I'll just say is like, you know, this spiritual mastery thing, we're all looking to get there. I've done more workshops. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I've read so many books, all -hmm. this kind of stuff. And the best teaching that I've ever received. And it was this summer from, uh, you know, David Lone bear was just do three acts of kindness. That's Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter what you believe, what your history was, how much you meditated that day. Um, how much you meditated in your life. You know, if you're ranked in the thing, you want to be a spiritual master today, three acts of kindness, go out of your way to do them. Don't tell anybody you did them. You now literally are a walking angel. And if you do that, and even if you don't like it, you'll get a result. And I have a long story about a buddy who just did this and had a a really intense awakening experience. And I didn't, I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's cool. And because like you're talking about an electromagnetic universe, you need to take an action to get the result. You know what I mean? And well, it's so that
1: the that feedback loop. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, is that you know, and and this is where my hug angel comes in. Is is when I got coined the hug angel. I was doing um, fifty nations in a group hug because um, I ca- I started something first called the hug mob, and I started it on National Hugging Day for the Women's March two years ago because the women were all going out, you know, and being anti-Trump and anti-things, and and what. That creates, as a, as a, on a conscious level, to be anti-anything is, is actually feeding it energy. So she, they're actually empowering Trump in that moment. Now, instead of being against him, he's actually, they're actually giving him their energy. And that's, that's the thing that people don't obviously, uh, always understand about this universe is it's a feeding energy or supplementing energy that's happening. It's an exchange of energy. It's a big stock exchange of energy. So, um, so I went out and I brought some friends and we said, hey, let's go be the hug mob spontaneously and had our little signs and went around hugging people to remind them to stay in their hearts to not take this so seriously to not get so upset and to, and to be back in their space of love and so flash forward a year later it was national hugging day and agape was doing an event and i was part of this thing called the hug alliance and we went out and we got 50 nations you know it was the idea to get 50 nations in one room for a group hug and there's this guy who's part of the alliance called the hug doctor dr stone and he called me the hug angel, you know, on Agapis live stream. So I became the hug angel after that. And then I just figured I'll own it, you know. I went out and got big giant wings and I put wings on and I went around and I, and I went to this woman, you know, was saying, hey, come pick up the wings because she was the one bringing me the wings. And we were meeting at this this um, assisted living home. And I said, well, would, do you think it, they would mind if I put the wings on and went in and hugged the nurses and hugged the people in there? And you know, and she said, no, absolutely, it'd be great. And I said, okay. So that was kind of how that whole movement got born. And um, the idea is that there's plenty of hug angels on the planet, right? There's others, there's, I'm not the only one, but it's the idea that people can get their wings and I can teach them you know, how to energetically hug someone because there's a way to activate the heart and, and, and assist the heart when you hug someone. And so I teach people that energetically and so that we can become heart coherent. You know, we come into a same vibrational state with each other when we hug. And so when we hug and we hug and we hug, it's like it just goes out like this energy field. And it's a really beautiful way of creating, um, you know, more cohesiveness and collective collaboration and all the things that are coming forth more and more. Um, But I do believe the knowing of the heart is... When we come into that state, it's, it's truly beautiful because we absolutely become more about others and less about self. You know, I'd say all sources of depression and any kind of mental stuff is usually because people are so ruminating in their own stuff and they're so about themselves and they tend to be less grateful about just being alive. They tend to be focused on the negative and complaining about everything and just not feeling good all the time and focused on, oh, I'm really feeling shitty. <laughs> they don't seem to have a way to get out of that. And so my first direction to them is go out in the world and do something like you're saying, do something kind for somebody, go, go serve, you know, go read, go to read to seniors, go help kids, go to a children's hospital and then, then really look at your life and then you have something to be grateful for. Because when you start to compare yourself to what people have to really go through who are in those situations, where their children are sick in the hospital, never gotten out of the hospital, for instance. And this is when we start to really look at the realities of things. We have it pretty well, for the most part. Most people do, you know. Um, and, and I'll say that for me, going through this awakening process was really interesting because I went through a lot of calibration of my body where the frequencies of my body would shift to the point where I'd be stuck on the floor unable to walk. I mean, the, the dark side of awakening, right? There's a shadow side of it, which is when you start to say yes to being a light stream it's no joke. The frequencies are real. I mean, you want to know how I got into my knowing? I felt it like big time. So for me, it was like, I had to understand that my job, if you will, or my purpose of coming in was to be able to embody certain frequencies of light to transmit them. So everything that I'm speaking is a transmission so that everything I do as a meditation is a transmission to assist people to remember who they are. And, and I just, I get out of the way. I'm just an instrument. I don't, Control it. It's just like I allow that frequency to flow through and assist because I've given it permission to do so. But you know, that's not for everybody. Not everybody's going to do that. I'm just saying that I think um, each and every person absolutely can go out and do what you're talking about, which is serve on some level, be helpful, help your mom, make do the dishes, whatever it is. You know, if you're a little kid, it doesn't matter. Just do something sweet and nice for people because that's what the heart needs heart needs to feel in service and 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 wants to resonate love and that's how we can do it you know the simplest in the simplest fashion i guess i can offer is you know what you're talking about being kind and loving
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely agree with all that. And I think that, you know, you can only get for for me and my guess anyway, who knows, and everything that I've ever said is just a guess for where I am right now in my own experience. So take it for whatever you want, do your best. Um, But I think you can only get to a certain level of consciousness through the what can I get consciousness and Mm -hmm. the what can I give consciousness um, or intention. Is, mm-hmm. is so much different. And I think that no matter where you are in the world, if you are just intending, you're just like, okay, cool. Um, you know, I, I'm intending to be myself. I'm intending to be honest. Um, I'm intending to be kind and compassionate to those. Then you are the stream of the angel of God of everything because that's mm-hmm. your intention and you'll get a choice to be an, an a-hole at one point, right? You'll get a choice to yell at that person. You'll get a choice to help a homeless person. you get a choice to hold the door open. You'll get a choice to um, follow your heart and study what you want. You'll get a choice to um, offer a hand up or beat them with a stick and bring them down, you know? Mm-hmm. And each choice that you make in collaboration with your fellow person with the intention to say the kind words, to say the supportive words, you are the thing, already complete, and it's going to take time for you to know that because you're in this Maya, you're in this illusion and you feel separate, but you're not separate. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're definitely there. And it just takes a little bit to kind of like get into that and, yeah. you, and you already have it. You just kind of forgetting and you're in a different loop. So you just got to start changing that loop a little bit. Um, and I want to be respectful of your time because we, this has been epic. Um, uh, but I am curious about one thing I didn't want to ask, cause I really like how it's worded. Um, you, you have on the talking points the true path of Christ, sovereign union. I don't know mm-hmm. if you covered that at all, but I think that's mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. For people. Um, so if you want to touch on that or anything else, then, then yeah. um, that's kind of like what I wanted to – because I was yeah, yeah. curious about it.
1: Yeah. So um, sovereign union is what I touched on briefly, which is essentially the masculine-feminine balance within. Okay. So when we are coming into sovereign union within ourselves, then – we can draw in partnership that is also in sovereign union because we're in a vibrational universe. So everything's frequency, vibration, and energy as Nikola Tesla says, right? And so when we understand that we are only gonna draw in what the subconscious is currently vibrating at, it's not about what we're thinking consciously. The conscious mind is where our intention comes the intention eventually settles into the sub and then the sub is what draws forth because the sub is really operating through the magnetic field of the energy of the magnetic feminine of the heart. Right. And so when we start to understand how our whole operating system works, right, then we can draw forth the um, partner that best serves us to stay in what I call our sovereign state, which is this idea of neutrality to the conditions, the conditional states, and all I mean by that is we're not getting shaken every single five minutes that something's happening in the world, right? We can look at it from a from a more observing perspective, still compassionately, of course, and lovingly, but not getting caught up in it. So, having a partner in shine or having somebody in our life, you know, is oftentimes what people are looking for. You know, I wanted to. Do, I want to speak to the, the what I mean the Christ consciousness is this idea that. When we are in a pure, immaculate state of integrity and transparency and authenticity with ourselves, we can then be in partnership with another who's the same. And that is really the ideal partnership because if we are lying to ourselves, then we're lying to them you know, if we're not fully authentic with ourselves, then we can't be fully authentic with them, right? These, all these kinds of things. So that's when the relationships start to create bounce back and forth of energy, because we're going to assist each other in clearing out. Now, what's really interesting is this idea of the twin flame, the twin flame mythology, I'm sure you've heard about it, um, is rampant in the spiritual community, because everyone's looking for their twin flame, who's my twin flame, I call it angelic flame, The reason I call it angelic is twin puts immediately into the conscious mind, like there's one person and that's it. Like I only have one person and that's my person, right? And this idea that I only can have one person. Now you might have one person for 15, 20 years of your life, work through all your spiritual growth with that person. And then that relationship is no longer feeling joyful and loving and kind and whatever it is. And and some people will say, well, you just have to stay in it because you're married or this or that. And a lot of people, this is where religions would get really mad at me because <laughs> you know they'd be saying like, what are you telling people? You know, um, I'm not saying to go be polyamorous and go do all that kind of stuff. I'm not going into that level. I'm saying certain relationships have a journey. You might be with that person forever. You might also be in a flame relationship because you are there to be cauldrons for each other to work your stuff out. And, and it can be very hot and very passionate. You magnetically draw together and it's like, let's work out our stuff, you know, to clear and purify whatever the trauma drama is that's still running in the system that doesn't need to be there anymore. So to me, those types of relationships, the flame relationships, the angelic flames, are people who are on a conscious path usually, they're aware of it, and they're looking for a more elevated state of relationship. And so they're looking for their other, their significant. And my thing is, well, unless you are fully unified within yourself, you're going to keep attracting what people might label false flames. Okay. And that just means somebody who you're in a relationship with for a period of time that's working out your stuff. And then eventually you find somebody that you guys are both within balance within each other individually, right? You're both independent individuals that come together interdependently, not codependently, because oftentimes people will be drawn together because there's a codependence. There's a, I don't feel this love. I'm going to go try to get love out of something outside of me. That type of codependent relationship isn't really healthy for the soul. The soul doesn't enjoy that because you still want to have a certain level of freedom. So of course, with all our programs, there's a lot of programs. I mean, this is probably a whole show really, but I'm trying to summarize it in, in the highlight reel. But I would just say, you know, the, the reality is, is until we come into full trust of self, true knowing of our heart and trusting our heart and going and diving in and doing the deeper work within the heart, we can't share it with anybody in an authentic way. And so what I tell people is before you go and just get into another relationship, which can, you know, help and assist you and teach you, take some time to really dive into the love of self, you know, because then you're going to jump, all sorts of BS relationships that you didn't need to do, it just takes a lot of time to go through all these other relationships that might be the same, I mean, how many times you hear people, I attract the same guy, or the same girl, well, it's because you're not working on your stuff, you're not getting it yet, so you just cut through, and then you get another one, and another one, so I tell people, like, you know, somebody will say, okay, so my ex, Jake, or whatever, doesn't matter his name, You know, he does this and this and this. And I said, okay, well, unless you want Jake 2.0, you got to look at your stuff because you're just going to keep getting other versions of Jake, okay? So sovereign union is when we are fully in love with ourselves. And our twin flame, if we're going to say what a twin flame is, is our higher immortal self. That's our true twin. If we're going to say there's a twin of any kind. And I get really clear with people on that because they get really attached to this idea of being a twin flame. Everybody's a twin flame. Everybody has a twin. Everybody has an immortal self. It's just whether or not you are tuned into and on the same page as that aspect of you. And in regular conversations <laughs> with that aspect that says, hey, this is what we're doing today because it's working to assist you and guiding you through your life. That's your true partner and shine is you. But while you're here on this planet, of course, you want loving relationship. We're human. We want to be in, in you know a beautiful union. Then my suggestion is work on yourself enough before you just jump back into the pool, you know, if you don't want to continue to repeat patterns. Once you feel like those patterns are lessening, that's when you kind of come into this more sense of independence, right? And yet you love that person, but you don't need that person. That's when you come into sovereign union. True Christ and sovereign union is just knowing the Christ within you. And what I mean by the Christ is the crystallized light. That has come into human form, it's recognizing your angel within, your divine self. That's really what that is. So, um, Yeshua, if we're going to bring in the one who people call the Christ, right, Jesus, but I call him by his Aramaic name, um, Yeshua, you know, he was an angelologist. This is what a lot of people don't know about him. He actually taught angelology as the angel of air, the angel of water, the angel of earth. And he was also a Kabbalist, a rabbi, and he was married you know, but that's another story. But the point is, is that, you know, that would be normal for somebody of his nature to have a loving wife and a partner. So the point is, we're all looking for that beautiful unification in external versions of us. But it's always about coming within your own sense of light within self and your own love of self so that you can create that interdependent relationship instead of a codependent relationship, which is always going to be a push-pull and what did I not get and why did they do this for me? And you're always looking at the other person as it's their fault and blaming and shame, you know, all that stuff. It's just not necessary. You know, the, the, when we get into a more of an enlightened or elevated conversation about relationship, it's, it's always going to be about what can I do to serve them to raise them into their light? how can I be of assistance to my beloved? Who talks like that? How many people talk like that? I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, at the end of the day, if you're looking at the mainstream, you know, if you're looking at the light stream, you know, version, then yeah, there's a lot of people who might do that. But at the, at the end of the day, most people are like, what's in it for me when they're in a relationship. And I would say if you can shift that and go, what can I do for my, the person I love, um, that's that's when we start to really become liberated in the way we have relationships and always be faithful and i'll say this and i'll say why because we're gonna get to a place where people are gonna become more telepathic we're gonna get to a place where we're all becoming transparent and you're not gonna get away with it anyway so the point I'm trying to make is if you're not a type of person who can be faithful to one person, you need to be fair to that person and at least tell them you know, hey, I'm not a monogamous person. I will love you in this moment to the best of my ability. I might love you for a day, a week, a lifetime. I don't know. But you got to be who you are if that's the truth of who you are. And a lot of people don't want to own that because they feel shame about that. I personally am a monogamous person. Like I just, that's who I am. Like I can't you know shift around like that because from an energetic standpoint you have to remember you're picking up more than stds potentially spiritually trans spiritually transmitted distortions so that means you're exchanging energy i talked about this on angels in the buff last night you're exchanging energy with that person there's an energetic exchange energetic exchange and co-creative expression when you guys are in union you know literally sexual union you guys are creating universes, you know, um, of creation. And so there's a responsibility, I think, when people start to come into their understanding of spirituality that it takes, there's a lot of layers to this, Matt. So I'm just making the point that when we start to really be in, in our integrity, we start to understand that energy is everything. And working with energy is what I do because I know that at the energetic state is the causal plane of how all of this comes into play everything comes from the source point. When I tell people you want to step into your sovereignty, you have to go outside the system. If you're still in the astral realms and playing with galactics and doing all these things that a lot of people are into, you're still in the mental framework. You want to go out into your true sovereignty, you get back to your source point. So the statement I teach for that is, I know that I am sovereign beyond all measure and belief. And the reason I say beyond all measure and belief is because it's all beyond all measurement, time, space um condition and dna dna is a whole other thing which we don't have time for and belief is subconscious conscious and unconscious so we get outside of all of that the i know that i am is i know from the heart and i am from the solar plexus combine these energies right that combine to set intention and you can fill in the blank i put in sovereign but you can fill in abundant you can fill in health healthy you know Whatever you want. But the sovereign statement is one of um, what I was gifted this was one of the most powerful intention statements because you're creating from the source point of God. You're not, you know, creating from the conditions you're finding yourself in. And that's a really important thing because you spoke about this too. They're, 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 they know we're wrapping up, so they're trying to throw in some answers to some of the things you spoke on. Um, uh, the, the energy of. Um, Sorry, I'm tuning back into the stream. This is what happens if I go off. I, I have to get it again. Okay. So when you are speaking to, um, gosh, went away. Where did you guys go? See, this is happens to. Isn't that funny? Come on. You know you want to tell them. Come on. Where are you? Mm. All right. It'll come or it won't. I think ultimately there's so much to cover because it's all consciousness, you know. And and the point is is that um, when we come from a place of operating as gods in human form, we come into our godlike state. We come as source into this persona. Uh, it's about balancing the ego, letting the ego c- protect us and guide us, and the intelligence guide us and all those things. But it's also allowing allowing for the feeling and the inner child that really knows why it came in and, and accessing these special softer spaces of ourselves, you know, that's the love that we are to have a chance to come through and giving that, that aspect of us. And unfortunately, you know, we've had so many who've had traumas and dramas in their life as children. And so I work with a lot of people, you know, who've had a lot of, um, Of that you know uh, because that's really the key if their child is like afraid to come out and afraid of the world um, it's very hard access you know your sovereignty or any of these things I'm talking about because your child's just like terrified so we always work a little bit at that level too first and get that that child to grow up a little bit and and out of its trauma you know knowing it's not in that space anymore Um, but Yeah, I can't get back what you were talking about and I was touching on it and I can't get it it back right now, but
0: anyway. Yeah, you shared a lot there. And I'll just kind of briefly recap, I try not yeah. to go um, too, too deep into it. But I think you said a lot of important things. Like the first one is like, you know, the Christ consciousness, how how I've understood it is exactly how you put it, recognizing your own divinity, recognizing, you know, mm-hmm. you have God force within you. That's literally mm-hmm. what he said yeah. verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you know what I mean? Everything I've done, you will do in greater, you know, it's in mm-hmm. you. They said it directly, mm-hmm. you know, like to you. Yeah. So you yeah. can remember that. and then. um, For the sovereign union thing, I think you touched on a lot of really great points. And the only uh, tool that I would offer people in relationship that are finding these um, challenging situations is the communication. So Mm -hmm. when they're giving you feedback that you don't like, seek Mm -hmm. understanding and then recap it back to them. So you're saying that I'm not showing up, that I'm not doing this, boom, boom, boom. Is there anything else? Actually seek understanding because probably they're right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they're probably right, but we don't, we're, we're in this battle mode of, yeah. of up and down, right and wrong. You're not seeking understanding of that other person. Mm-hmm. So when you actually seek understanding, recap what they're saying, um, give it back. Is like, am I understanding this is what you think? Now they might, they could be wrong and be like, Hey, you're out with your friends every single night. And you're like, okay, so what I'm just understanding <laughs> I went out on like Monday night, um, two weeks in a row that one night a week is too many nights with my friends or something. Is that, mm-hmm. is that. Is that the understanding? Uh, but mm-hmm. seek understanding. And when you yeah. do that, you shift everything. And then you're going to see basically the mirror. They're offering you the mirror. So get yeah. right into it. And some of it might be yucky and terrible and awful. But if you don't go into it, you're going to attract the same person. Of course. So seek yeah. understanding from that person giving you feedback. And help, mm-hmm. and allow them to be heard by recapping what you said and seeing if you're understood and seeing if there's anything else. And if you do just that, just that alone in any relationship, it will be extremely uh, powerful.
1: Every relationship's the most powerful tool you can gift yourself. They're a gift. They've shown up to say, yeah, I'm willing to do this dance with you and teach you about yourself by being your mirror, right, and and, and showing you different things. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I um, so that. I want to make sure that I got that because I wrote it down. I want to make sure this sentence is correct. It's like I know that I am sovereign and you can switch out whatever you'd like of uh, beyond all thought and belief.
1: Beyond all measure and belief. Beyond so all. measure – Measures, measurement of time, measurement of space, meaning like dimensions, measurement of conditions, like we judge and we look at how our conditions are and we either give them in a high or low measurement, right? Yeah. Um, and even our DNA, because our DNA is constantly shifting. And one of the other things I wanted to say earlier about the ayahuasca stuff, interestingly, is the, shifts, the, the planet's shifting. So the plant medicine's shifting. So it's not having the same effect anymore. And it's something to consider too. And this is across all plants, not just like everything in the whole planet shifting. That's why you're seeing tons of forest fires, you know, and I I don't often talk a lot about the grid and what's going on in the planet. But the forest, the, the, the burning and all these things is by design to get rid of the ethernet of the planet, essentially, or the Internet of the planet and put in a new system. So there's these new systems that are coming in. That's happening also on the intelligence of the plants all over the place, because one of the things that I teach is this idea that we're moving from violet earth into diamond earth. We're going into the diamond age. A lot of people want to say the golden age. I said, well, actually diamond age, because golden is still material cognizant of gold, right? Literal gold. Um, And diamond is more transparent, clear, strong, Christed light, empowered, so when I get into consciousness around diamond light, I'm speaking to us coming into an empowered state of crystalline. So crystals can be shattered, diamonds, it's a little harder, right? So it's just a much more empowered space or what we call sovereign space. So if you think of like the divine feminine, there's the divine feminine, the masculine, you know, divine aspects, and then there's the sovereign feminine and masculine Um, I teach them as frequencies. So sovereign feminine is the silver frequency of the silver light stream. Masculine um, divine is the golden alchemical fire. You get into platinum, now you're talking about the sovereign feminine, you're getting into the immortal liberator. This is what women are rising into right now on the planet, the Me Too, all this. It's liberating everybody from all our crap. Anything we're still holding on to is belief systems that don't serve us. It's just Unhooking us from all this program. And then the di- titanium is sovereign power of the masculine. The, the, this power, if this titanium frequency gets in the system before the platinum is fully buffering, that's when you get your spiritual narcissist. That's when you get the guys all flamed up thinking they got it all going on. And this can be women too, don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming men. Um, going into this place though of feeling like they have this power. And they go into this power and they haven't fully. Ca- and hooked all that stuff from the platinum side. So everything comes down to frequency in my work. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because um, that will at least kind of acclimate for some of this other stuff I've already spoken to. Um, but I would also say that the plants, going back to the plants Everything's getting transformed. This whole planet's getting elevated. So that means the plants are changing too. So that's why you need a lot smaller amounts of things. That's why they're changing what they do. I've asked all my friends who work with crystals and plants as essential oils and so forth, start to redesign what their information intelligence is because I believe it's changing. And that's not my area of expertise. But everything is getting informed differently now. Not just us. So we have to look at that. We have to look at, are these crystals the same way we would have worked with them back in the olden days? You know, as shamans, maybe it's changed. We have to check them. Same thing with plants. We have to check them. And we have to have reverence. If it's not done with reverence, then then it's being abused, frankly. So can't be going doing ayahuasca journeys in the middle of downtown Los Angeles and not expect some serious repercussions for that because it's not appropriate to be putting yourself in a vulnerable position opening up your your consciousness and and having all sorts of really heavy dense energies around you just isn't so I give people guidance like just practical application of spirituality too which is kind of why I'm doing this a a little bit right now is just you know Just use some practical knowledge as well, because I find that a lot of time people get so high in their upper chakras, they're not grounded. If you're not grounded in the lower chakras and practical, how do you manifest? We're still manifesting into form. Well, people want to say, well, you know, I'm really spiritual, but I can't make any money. It's like, well, you're not grounded. You can't bring it through into form and manifest. And then if you're in survival mode, your vibration's all like this, your adrenals are running, you're doing all that vibration that's really like, ah, like survival. You can't manifest. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, It's a really high expectation to think you're going to hold a consistent form of manifestation if you're constantly in survival mode. So, you have to get out of survival mode. So, I tell people go get a job of some kind, go make some kind of money somewhere, do something, drive Uber, I don't care what it is, so you don't have to be in survival mode. And then work on your other stuff. If you're insisting on going the spiritual path, then that's your work, but you're not making money from it yet. I'm just using that as an example. You got to do something in the material realm to feel like just to chill for a minute cover your bills, cover your food, things like that. And then you can build, you know, but this goes back to patience. Like where we started, you know, it's all patience. It's really getting that place of we're all getting there. It's okay. Relax. Take care of yourself. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So hopefully that that's some advice that I can leave everybody with today in terms of, of practical application, you know, of the mm. spiritual.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely um, think that all of that is extremely useful advice, especially with um, the I forgot you use a different word, but um, like the sacredness and and mm-hmm. the respect you need to give any kind of uh, psychedelic exploration if you do that because it's, now it's been popularized, um, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's not you know you got to do that with respect and integrity yeah. if you are going to go down that realm. Um, You know what I mean? Not like, you know, okay, I'm going to go for the weekend and I'm going to become enlightened and then I'm going to come back and it doesn't work like that. You know what I mean? It's a decision. And if you're making that kind of decision, make the life decision, even without it, to be more kind, to connect with nature, to um, Mm -hmm. do those things. That's all you got to do right in that moment. And then you got to ask, you know, that's what I've learned. You got to ask for help, you know, bring spirit, God, nature, source, the universe, whatever. Just, you got to start communicating with it and observing. And this is allowing you to be more aware, to witness all of this magic that's happening. Yeah. Um, because that magic's happening all around all the time every moment and yeah be patient and you know what you can do over 10 years and that's what you got to do give yourself a vision from your heart or even just start working towards it but once you have a vision from your heart that inspires you you'll be willing to do whatever so it Mm -hmm. is a process be easy and kind in yourself. You know, that's a huge one. You know, be as, you know, I, I've been talking about um, the meditation before the podcast because I record one, uh, but a lot of them frequently have been on, um, you know, making the firm resolve to be as kind and compassionate to yourself as possible because yes. we're so terrible to ourselves and I don't know oh. why. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not free of that. You know, I'm definitely not free of that. And so I just do my best. I'm like, okay, remember, you know, yeah. remember don't be a dick to yourself.
1: You yeah. <laughs> <And so laughs> I mean, we do. We beat ourselves up a lot. I get it. Yeah, no, it's for sure. We have to really love ourselves first before we can love anybody, really. That's it. Yeah, it's true. And I would say that, um, you know, for me, it's it's practice makes perfect. It's I've, I've never done medicine journeys to get to the connect, connection that I have. And yet I have a very clear connection. And so I would just say there is other ways to get there. I've also taken a route that's very, you know, patient. Um, I wasn't always patient, but I was patient overall, like knowing, okay, this might take some time to, to receive, you know, the consciousness that I receive now. And as a channel, you know, as somebody who light streams and connects, I do believe we all have this ability. It's just, we also have to be conscious of the mental can get a little chaotic, you know, and we can fractal it out, too, and, and do damage to it. So you want to be very gentle with yourself on all levels, you know, and really cognizant of how you take care of your body, physical instrument, because the physical instrument's important to be able to connect. You can't have a bent wire, so to speak, right? You know, it's an antenna. So you really want to make sure, you know, all of it, it's a holistic approach, diet, exercise, all of it. You know, there isn't just like, let's just do one thing. It's a lot of different things that we do to maintain ourselves. So I just wanted
0: to throw that in too yep yep yeah. yeah i'm I'm all for the the natural approach first, um, you know, and even when you do those things and, and like I know a lot of people have had an awakening experience, like a really um, odd, universal experience that they can 't explain, right, and they mm-hmm. see it. But then that's the easy part. Even like in meditation, like, you know, for me, I've had the weird ones, but it was just like, it was like a nudge that I was on the right path doing things that matter to me that was helping others. That's, that was really the defining difference when I had to like try to figure it out. And I was being questioned on podcasts. I was like, what was different? I was just like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to like get any, I was trying to like grow. Like, I just want to grow like a plant and I wanted to share what I knew and I wanted to help people. That's it. I didn't go the other way. You know, I wasn't trying to accumulate a bunch of shit for no reason. I was like, I didn't, I never had that programming. And so then it is a path. And then, you know, yeah, you got to take care of your body. You got to eat well. And, and you got to, you know, actually, uh, now that I'm saying it, the one big thing is just like, it's an honest seeking. And I don't remember what, if that's in the, in in the Bible or wherever it is, is, but you just like, you actually want to know, like anybody who is actually asking, you want a connection with a higher force. You just literally have to want it and ask and just Like be honest about it, you know, and that's it. it, you know, it doesn't matter what that, what else just have that thing. And then just go around ignorant because we don't know what's going on. We're in Maya illusion anyway, but over time, things will get a little bit clearer, a little bit simpler, stuff will shift. Um, you know, but that's it. Have a look for an honest um, um, connection with it, with a higher thing in your own way to know yourself in your own way, um, you know, and be humble. Yeah, and,
1: and I want to just say this cause they're, they're reminding me of this too, is that, the biggest thing that we've been robbed of is this idea that somehow becoming a channel or an instrument of light or God is, you know, oh, you're channeling the devil. You know what I mean? Like we get that. I get that sometimes. I get people who will judge me for what I do because they think I'm channeling something negative. If you hold pure intention in your heart and you hold the intention of loving people and you know that you've set your boundaries and your, and, and I always call it my sovereign space, my sovereign sphere. You know, it's like, I know my boundaries. I know my domain. I know what is, what is my interface, right? With the rest of the source field, so to speak. I always set an intention that I only allow the highest source frequencies of consciousness to work through my vessel, through my body, my instrument. I never allow for anything that is distorted or, you know, because that's sometimes what people will go into is this fear. And this is why I use angelic frequencies and this idea the angelic is these pure light beings. I always think of them as these ultra celestial beings of light and I see them as such and for me, that's the most important thing is our intention, because we are powerful. And I do believe that there's, there's misinformation out there through different scriptures and so forth that make us disempowered on purpose. And I do want to say, we're claiming that back now. We're claiming our own ability to have zero mediation between us and our source. We don't need a priest. We don't need a church. We don't need a scripture. We don't need anything that that is required to come between us and our source. And that's the truth. There's nothing that serves us more than just stepping into our own sense of godliness or angelicness, right? So my point is... Don't be afraid to experiment, but also be very clear with your intention of you only allow the highest beings of love and light to remain within your presence and within your vessel and your vehicle when you're connecting. That is an important one because there are thought forms around and there are disincarnated beings around that could mess with you. You know, they're just going to be like, oh, let's just tell them this, you know, and you want to make sure you're getting a clear signal, you know, so it's practice and it's discernment and it's working with a mentor or guide or somebody to teach you, you know, that does help. And I did all those things, you know, until I got to a place where I felt comfortable with it. But that would be my only thing to add to that is when you say, yeah, let's ask God, you know, yes. But also the discernment is key. And some people don't feel super comfortable with that piece yet. So it's practice and it's setting intention is just my answer to that before that question gets asked, which it will, you know, basically in someone's mind.
0: Got it. Wow. Well, so, we, we did, yeah, we covered a lot today. I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you wish I had asked or you want to cover in more depth?
1: I Um, think the only thing I can say is – I have the Angelhood open for people. You know, there's open enrollment right now through angelicacademy.com. They can find me if they need support. There's a simply sovereign call once a week that I do, which is like a check-in, it's a reset every week that people can get some frequencies. They learn some angelic dream keys. They get a little bit of this and that. And it's like group mentoring basically. So if they have stuff that's going on in their world, it's a way to work with me that's really affordable. And they can and they can connect with other like-minded beings. There's a private Facebook group for the Angelhood and and ways to connect and find and accountability partners in this because sometimes it's hard it's like going on a diet sometimes going on a spiritual journey can be like you go on and off you know and if you want somebody to kind of connect with, there's ways to connect in the community so it's just something to offer and share um if they're interested in in this type of philosophy then it's available so that would be the best way to find me and stephanielodge.com as well which they can find that's really it. I think that's all I got.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I think, I think we covered quite a, a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate you yeah. coming on and, and your perspectives and, and just your work kind of, you know, putting that out, you know, like trying to do your, your part in being yourself, um, and sharing yeah. and, and helping people connect to their own power and their own way and their own divinity, I think is beautiful. So, um, uh, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on and thank sharing you. your work.
1: Thanks Matt for having me on. I appreciate you giving me the platform to share what I do.
0: My pleasure. Well, have a great day. Thanks everybody for listening.
1: All right. Talk to you later. Bye.